welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our enjoyment and experiences of language learning with you. I'm Beck. Hi, I'm Penny, and thanks for joining us today. We are talking about accents and language learning and how accents can, you know, influence influence us in our language learning. And I guess just we've been talking about accents for so long that we thought it was about time we had a podcast episode about it. <laughs> mm, it can be quite a hot topic, accents in language learning and having different accents in the languages that you learn, as well as also just the accents that you might have in your native language as well. Yes, and how that can impact how you learn new languages. Um, So, Beck, why don't we chat a bit about our, I guess, language learning and and how accents have or or haven't kind of had an impact or influence on us um, to start with, because I know that you've had some cool experiences with your French learning. Yeah, so I um have I did have an interesting experience the first time I encountered a <laughs> I guess a non-standard French accent. Um and so as I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I did a study abroad in Canada when I was oh, 19, 20. It was it's been it's a long time ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's the main thing, isn't it? Um, and it was my first experience getting to study somewhere outside of Australia. Um, but also it was really exciting for me because it was one way that I could combine my French learning and my French studies with my with my main degree. I did a Bachelor of Science. So um, the cool thing about studying in Canada and I went to Montreal um, was that I could do my science subjects in English and I could do my French subjects in French. And that was a really cool thing at the time. When I first arrived in Montreal, though, I um, probably didn't prepare myself quite well enough um, for the Quebecois accent, which is quite different to a sort of, I guess, a standard French accent, um, as we might call it these days. And um, it was quite a shock. I would say to begin with um it was yeah not not I should have I should have been better prepared for it in retrospect but I wasn't and I remember I I did my first my first week of classes at the university that I I went to there um and I got to the end of that week and I just was a bit overcome with um I remember just thinking that I was going to fail all of my French subjects because I was having so much trouble understanding anything that was going on and I had gone there thinking like oh you know my French is all right I'm, I'm doing okay I should be fine to do my three my three subjects in French and um yeah I was I was a bit a bit surprised to begin with but lo and behold, it only took a couple of weeks and, you know, then my ears kind of readjusted to a new accent. But right at the beginning, it was, yeah, quite a shock. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it kind of, I suppose it was a, in all, in all, in all ways, it was actually a very good experience because I, I hadn't had exposure to other accents in French. And the reality is that Actually, there are many, many different accents in French, just as there are many different accents in English, many different accents in lots of other languages. Um, But yeah, my exposure to other accents had been very low. So actually, yeah, it was a very good, a very good experience to widen my, my Francophone world as it was. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. No, that's super interesting. I'm learning French at the moment and my teacher is from Brittany. And so I'm, I'm starting to wonder now whether I should be asking her about her accent and thinking, oh, I'd like to know some of the regional variations from within France. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, Penny, though, could you tell me a little bit more about your experiences with Vietnamese? Because I know that you there are some quite different accents in Vietnam, right? And yeah, I think Vietnamese is probably the language that I can most kind of relate to with this topic about accents because it's been something that I've come up or come up against, I guess, um, over the time that I've been learning Vietnamese. So when I first started to study Vietnamese, I was in southern Vietnam in Ho Chi Minh City in Saigon, and I have always learnt with a southern accent. There's really there's two or three distinct accents in Vietnam depending on on who you talk to but really there's two there's really the southern accent and the northern accent Um, and Hanoi being the capital city is based in northern Vietnam so a lot of I guess the the government and um, political kind of stuff is is with a northern accent Um, but I was lucky when I continued my studies in Australia that many of the Vietnamese Australians we have living here also speak with a southern accent so that was a great way to continue that Um, and I was in Hanoi a couple of years ago and it was just really nice I guess to be kind of greeted often with oh hey cool you've got a southern accent I'm just like oh that's really I I felt really um we quite proud proud. I did yeah um and it was quite funny for my teacher in Hanoi too because I did a bit of study while I was there for a couple of weeks and she was a Hanoi-based woman. And I think she was spent the two weeks with me trying to <laughs> trying to convert <laughs> some of my vocab and accent. But to no avail, I think once once you've got the accent, I think it can be quite tricky to change. Mm. Um, what about for Mandarin Chinese? Mandarin is a bit more tricky for me to kind of be so explicit about it. I think because there is their Beijing accent, which is so, um, I mean, obviously it's the northern accent. It's very distinct. It has a very strong kind of, it's a strong accent, I think, in my opinion, and has a very kind of er sound on a lot of a lot of words. So you can really hear it once you get to a kind of level in Chinese. Mm-hmm. But I've never studied in Beijing. I've studied in Nanjing and Shanghai and in Taipei and Taiwan as well. Um, so the accents that I've learnt have been probably a little bit less like less, less distinctive. Yeah, less distinctive. That's a good word. Um, but, of course, there are so many uh, dialects in China and Mm. every region has its own own kind of its own language and its own way of speaking so even when I was in Nanjing there is the local language there is called Nanjinghua you know Nankanese you know Nanjing Mm. language um and so that is quite quite different to standard Mandarin as well and whatever city whatever region you go to you'll you'll find that um and Taiwan is a great example too because Whilst, you know, the majority of the population do speak kind of a standard Mandarin Chinese throughout history with the Indigenous languages, um, 
and I guess the different kind of countries that have been, I guess, occupying Taiwan and living there um, has had an influence on on the language as well. Um, and just to mix it up a bit too, they do use um, traditional characters there. Not that it has an mm-hmm. impact on accent but just another another change. So, yeah, Chinese is like a, yeah, a whole new a whole new challenge, I think, because it's just so diverse. But isn't it so interesting that like, like I love the diversity in accents, like personally. I just think that it's so cool that we can all, everybody can still communicate within one language or several with their own different take on that almost. Like it's like, it's like a different, a slightly different flavour almost <laughs> to, to yeah. a language. And, and I think sometimes it also really carries through a bit of, a bit of story there. Um, anyway, we might we might talk about this in a little more detail a bit later on in this episode. Yep, um, sure. But we so we were kind of interested by this because we've both had yeah conversations about accents in in some detail um, between us over time, and both of us have also encountered just anecdotally others who are learning languages and who seem to be very focused on the accent that they are learning while they're learning a language. So not even just the accidental things that you pick up um, from the people who you tend to speak with or from a teacher, for example, or from the place where you learnt a language, but you're very actively trying to learn a specific accent um, in their speech in another language. And it got us thinking because we wanted to have some more people's views on this. Um, to make sure it wasn't it wasn't just yeah, us who were the only ones yeah. thinking about it. Um, and so as, as you guys probably know, our listeners, um, we have a Facebook group called Language Lovers AU Community. Um, and we put a couple of questions out to the members of our Facebook group just to understand among, among a, a group of language lovers um, who are either Australian or live in Australia and are interested in languages, um, and we asked some two questions, which we're going to share some bits and pieces of some of their responses because they were really, really interesting. Um, we asked everybody, firstly, have you ever specifically wanted to learn to speak a language with a particular regional accent? For example, learning Spanish with a Colombian accent as opposed to a Castilian sort of Spain accent or learning French with a Parisian accent, for example, as opposed to a Canadian French accent? And if so, Why? Was it because you wanted to go to a particular place and be understood well or because of something like prestige, for example, one accent sounds or is considered nicer or better than another, nicer or better in kind of inverted Mm -hmm. commas because obviously that's very objective, Um, subjective, sorry, (laughs) Um, or something else. And then also for those who um, maybe have an accent in a language that they speak, do you find that people comment on it? Is it something that you're proud of, um, like Penny being proud of <laughs> her southern accent in Vietnamese, or have you ever tried to maybe slightly change the way you speak to be more standard or to fit in with other people? These questions, you know, like Beck said, we just got some amazing responses and it's something you can tell by how people responded, Beck, that people feel really passionate about this, don't they? Yeah, definitely. And also, like, interestingly, too, we also had some people who responded who weren't that passionate at all. Like, they were like, I've never really thought about this. <laughs> and, and like, I guess that's also interesting for all of us to see because it's, 
I think it's just fascinating that like some people in the way that they approach language learning, um, there can be some things that very much like almost take over sections of their learning, like people being particularly concerned about having a, an accent from, you know, having an accent that sounds like it's from here. Um, and others, yeah, completely like a non-event, like <laughs> don't, even, don't even consider it, not concerned at all, never thought about accents anyway, just wanted to be understood. Which is One of the um, Facebook members, Liz, um, said that she learnt German in Hanover, which is considered to have the best, in inverted commas, German, kind of like the equivalent of Oxford English. And she's now quite proud of her pure German accent. Um, so this this is a really great example of someone who who has that that kind of pride in her accent because of the location of where she learnt and, and the types of um, people that I guess she was exposed to when she was learning that language. What's, what about you with your German, Beck? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I had no idea that German from Hanover was considered to be, again, in inverted commas, best German. Um, I, had, I had no idea. I've never heard that before. So this um, was also interesting for me. Um, thanks for sharing your thoughts, Liz. Um, but, yeah, no, I've actually never really thought about it much at all for German. Um, I have had teachers from different different parts of Germany um I currently my teacher for German is actually Austrian um and yeah to be honest it's not much of a focus for me I've never had too much trouble like with hmm, under maybe understanding or distinguishing the accents like I can definitely hear differences sometimes but it doesn't bother me too much like I just feel like it kind of all as long as again as long as I can be understood that's the main thing. There are some particular things that I've noticed are different across different teachers and different groups of people that I've um, spoken with in German or learnt with. Um, and like, for example, one that's pretty common is the pronunciation of like the um, CH sound. Like okay. I in German is ich, I-C-H, but some people pronounce that as ish. Um, I can't remember exactly which regions that is split by, but... Like I, I've always just pronounced it as ich, not ish. And I think okay. that's just because probably the first teacher I had pronounced it as ich. And so <laughs> I've just kept it up like that. Um, yep. But to be honest, it totally doesn't bother me. So it's, yeah, not a concern um, for me personally. Um, but I know that, yeah, for other people it, it might be. And I know that, I mean, this is a slightly different experience than we've both had because Andrea who is a Canadian who speaks French with a Quebecois patois. And mm. when she started learning Mandarin Chinese, she's written that she was quite conscious of any potential accent that she might have from her French accent influencing her acquisition of Mandarin Chinese. So that's, like, I guess, a whole other kind of element, isn't it, to when you're thinking about language learning coming at it from a non-English um first language experience. Yes. And I think Andrea's accent is quite interesting. Sorry, her accent, her her experience is really interesting because um, this is something that I guess I have had in mind as a, as a French learner and French speaker now um, that, you know, sometimes it's not always just, sometimes it is about intelligibility. So like about whether, you know, other people can understand you and making sure that you're understood because something that Andrea brought up was that, before she went to China to study, 
she traveled through China with her boyfriend at the time, um, who was French Canadian. So they were using Quebecois um, quite a lot. And then they ended up in a dorm room with two French people from France and they really struggled to communicate with each other because their vocabulary and their accent was very different. So it goes to show that like, I guess that can be the kind of experience that makes you almost a bit on guard um, when you go and learn another language because you're like, oh God, I thought we spoke the same language. And I I suppose that was my experience when I first arrived in Canada where I was like, wait, I thought I spoke French. (laughs) And then I got there and I was like, okay, this is you know, it did, again, didn't take long, but initially I was like, okay, this is not what I am used to. Yep. Um, yep. And I think, yeah, that can set you up for when you go into another, learning another language, you go, okay, maybe I need to be careful. Do I need to really make sure that the kind of language that I'm learning is going to be understood by the most people or is going to be understood by the people in the place where I want to go or the people who I want to speak to? Um, could I be setting myself back by having a particular accent? Now, it's a bit contentious, right? Because I think you're probably not setting yourself back in any way by having a particular accent, right? Um, It's just that is diversity and if it is the same language, you should be able to, you will be able to communicate. It might take a little bit of adjusting, but you'll probably still get there. Yeah, and and definitely I know um, one of our other Facebook members, Paul, said he doesn't think that accent matters when you speak a foreign language provided that your speech is clear and that can be understood Mm. and that, of course, your accent can change over time depending on your circumstances, who you're hanging out with, where you're living, where you're working, all those things have an impact on how you speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Carla also said that she never started out learning a particular language with the goal of speaking with a particular accent but she said that it usually just comes from where that she spent a lot of time or who she normally speaks with so that's kind of I guess following on from what what we're saying too with Paul that she when she was learning Japanese she spent a lot of time in Kyoto and so Japanese people when she speaks Japanese think she is from the Kansai area which I think is is kind of cool I think she's would be sounds like that she's probably proud of that as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, a really interesting dilemma, I think, that some people kind of feel very, some people feel really proud about their accents like that, which I think is amazing. It's really good. And you should be proud of, of the different, the different story that that accent, your accent in a particular language might carry and might show to other people, you know, knowing that you, if people recognize like Fakala, recognize that she spent some time in Kyoto and studied there from the intonation of the words that she uses in Japanese, that's an interesting part of her story in language learning. It shows that there's like there are layers to how we learn languages. Not everything follows the kind of a textbook or a standard way of speaking. Um, And that's what makes them interesting. Um, And it's the same in, you know, I guess as English native speakers too, when we encounter people who have accents that are not like ours, you know, we, I think Penny and I probably both have, we would probably say we both have fairly standard Australian accents, but there would be other people in Australia who would say, no, 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 you definitely sound like you're from Melbourne. <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, there might be, there might be people around who, every, everybody has an accent in some way or other. No one's is completely standard. Um, even if you think, even if you feel like you might be, you know, fairly standard. 
And I love that how we can manipulate our accent when we need to in certain situations as well, whether we're traveling and we're speaking with other people from other English speaking countries, definitely have had to be conscious of, you know, even vocab choices with people from the US or the UK, as we know, there's lots of words that are different. Um, And that I think being Australian, we can kind of switch between the two because we're exposed to both, aren't we? Because we're not... We're not kind of getting culture from one side. We're getting it from both. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, yeah, that's a really good point that you bring up this like adjusting, adjusting your accent to sometimes make it as clear as possible or to make sure that you're not using slang that is too particular to maybe your, where you live regularly um just to make sure that there is a sense of ease and communication with other people who speak the same language as you um so this kind of goes on to I guess maybe the second question that we asked everybody on the group which was you know if you do have a regional accent in a language that you speak do you find that people comment it and comment on it and is it something that you're proud of or have you ever tried to change it a little bit and we had one response from Monica who is um from Guatemala and she had said that it's only when the only times she's ever really had comments on her accent um, are from people who speak Castilian Spanish. <laughs> um, yeah. But she's certainly felt with like w- when she's in a group of Spanish speakers from different countries, um, she's only found herself maybe changing the way that she speaks to a slightly more standard Spanish Um, Not because she's ashamed of it in any way, but just because it just makes conversations smoother without having to stop and clarify um, particular vocabulary or expressions that might be more prominent in Guatemala than would be in Spain or Mexico or Colombia. (laughs) And that must be a common experience for people across the board in in so many languages. Mm. Yeah, like you were saying before, when we're speaking English, you know, we are just how we speak as well and I love the fact that that sometimes when you're speaking a language people have trouble placing where you're from and I know that it can cause angst for people either the the people that you're speaking to or the person who's actually speaking because they you know people want to place you and it frustrates people which I think is kind of funny sometimes I know that Anna, (laughs) Anna wrote that she um that people have a hard time placing her because her accent can sound a little bit foreign in inverted commas because she's lived in France and, and Germany. Um, and she's also lived in the U S um, as well. And that she learned English um, with, you know, in a British English style. So, and I think her first language is Finnish if I'm correct. Um, so you can see, I guess the, the culmination of all her experiences um, learning and speaking English has kind of developed into this whole melting pot. And um, yeah, it's, it's, that's a really interesting kind of um, way of looking at it as well. Yes, exactly. And I know Margot had a similar response to on the group saying that when she, so she's French, but um, has lived in Australia now for quite a long time and she said that when she meets new people in Australia they often get confused as to where she's from because she doesn't sound 100% French, I guess in whatever way people expect French people to sound in Australia, but she doesn't sound 100% Aussie either um, and she can't really hear the differences at all and she learnt British English at school as well but like 
with the influence of American English through film and music, living and working in Australia, like there's there's a lot of change in there and now Australian English has entirely become the norm to her. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how how people's accents change over time, but then also, I guess, the impact that that might have on others in asking questions about your accent. But again, like with that, I guess, my thoughts about it showing off your your linguistic story a little bit, your linguistic history, um, I kind of like that people ask questions like that. I think it's important because if it gets a conversation starting, it's actually quite nice that, you know, as long as it's it's put forward in the right way, not like a why do you have an accent like that, which obviously is particularly nice. But if people are like, I want to know more about your story, you know, t- tell me about what, how, how it is that you're, what, where, what's brought you here? Why are you, how, how did you, how did you find yourself in, in Australia? Or what, what is your, what has your, been your path and your journey in learning languages? I think that's interesting. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's like the basis of how we build connections with each other really, isn't it? Exactly. Um, I'm so proud that Mago is embracing her Aussie Aussie accent. <laughs> I feel sorry for us sometimes because we, you know, accent can get a bit of a bad rap. And I'm just like, as many people as possible, embrace embrace your Australian accent. Yes, um, or embrace your accent in whatever whatever language you exactly, use. Exactly. Yes. Because um, yeah, one of the reasons why we started talking about this topic was an interview that we did with with Tavi from French Speak. Oh gosh, that was. Was that last year now, Beck? Oh, it um, was a while ago now. Because Tavi is a French woman who lives in Australia now um, and teaches French to Australians mostly. Um, and she was talking about how, I guess, we, we were asking and we were talking to Tavi about, um, I guess, accents as Australian learners of French. Mm. Um and then I guess that kind of picked our interest a little bit in in how everything was feeling, how everyone was, I guess, approaching that kind of question and, and that kind of feeling about language learning, particularly if you are, I guess, not ashamed. That's not probably the right word. It's probably a bit strong. But um, feeling a little bit like, oh, your accent isn't good enough somehow. Yes, exactly. But And that's... I guess the question really there is, does the accent even really, does it even really matter? Like if the most important thing is to be understood, as as Paul mentioned in his comment on our group, um, you know, then then really does your accent actually matter at all? Is it just something that's secondary to kind of the words and the, the ideas or the questions that you're actually trying to communicate with somebody else? And I don't know, I think there's a couple of different ways to see that because like in a purely kind of an idealistic maybe world <laughs> um, where everything is equal and and we're all equal and we're very egalitarian, um, then accents shouldn't matter at all. Accents should be like, poof, who cares? Um, but I suppose the most important thing is to be understood. However, sometimes your accent can impact your ability to be understood <laughs> is that yeah. and that's when it matters I guess yeah, yeah and then it really does matter because it's important that yeah you're 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 actually understandable um in the language that you're learning like if your accent is 
I'll see, maybe maybe it isn't just about accent. The way that you say things, which may not be accent per se, um, your pronunciation, if it is at a point where it's not understood by somebody else, then I guess that's something you've got to work on. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with that as well because I think you've, you know, comprehension has to be your, in mm. my mind, your primary goal. Um, but I also love this this idea of how accent tells your story about where you've learned the language or how you've come yes. to interact with that language. And for some people, like I know that Hong in the Facebook discussion said that um, they really love getting as close as possible to the native pronunciation. Yeah. And for some people, you know, that's that's a really important part of language learning and, and a challenge and something that they really love and enjoy. Um, so I say if that's that's you, then go for it. Mm. And and also like this is this is something that I've seen a little bit around on the internet lately, but um, Amy Chua, who is a, um, a writer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Have you read her book? I've, I've read the, um, what's it called? The Taming the Tiger mum or no what's what it what's it called taming oh I should have yeah I think up. it's called t- t- it's oh. I, I remember her being the tiger mum so <laughs> we might have to find exactly what the book is and maybe we'll pop it in the show notes but um yes the, yes she she said oh, battle not him that. of the tiger mother <laughs> there battle you go. him of the tiger mother there we go <laughs> um but she said um and yeah this is a quote that has been on the internet a little bit um in the last little while um do you know what a foreign accent is it's a sign of bravery and I think that's a really nice way to think about it because it absolutely is and it doesn't matter what you know I think a lot of people think about that in in probably English um, as English speakers hearing other people speak English with a foreign accent um and that being a sign of bravery but I think it's true for for all languages um if your language is seen as you know imperfect in some way or it seems like you're a learner so this is not your native tongue like that is a sign of bravery and it is um you know to go and put yourself out there and try to communicate in a language where you may not feel as comfortable as you do in another um it's hugely brave and takes a lot of courage for sure I love that quote Mm. good find Um, oh, what a great episode. Oh, it's been it's a fun chat, I think. Yeah. yeah. I love all this contribution from everyone. Really. Yes. Yeah. So a and big a big thank you to everybody on our in our Facebook group who did um give us their their input this their input um on this topic. Um Andrea, Christopher, Hong, um, Monica, Margot, Liz, Evan, Maddie, Paul, Carla, Kerry. Kat and Anna, um, we really appreciate it. And sorry, you didn't get to everyone's comments. Everyone had some great, great feedback. So you never know, there might be a follow-up down the track. Yes. And if you are interested in being involved in fun conversations like that on our Facebook group, <laughs> then um, do join. We're called Language Lovers AU Community on Facebook. Yes. And you never know, you might get peppered with more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Language Chats. And as Beck mentioned, you can find out more about Language Lovers AU in our Facebook group. We're also at um, on Instagram and on Facebook at languagelovers.au. Um, and you could also subscribe to our mail list at our website, languagelovers.com.au. 
Thank you for listening in again and we'll see you next time. See you next time. 